don't do that, right? We come out of a conference, we're like, right, I'm going to do this. You know, two days later, what was that again? What was I passionate about? You read back on a spiritual journey or you've like watched, you know, like a movie or to do a slavery. You're like, I'm going to do something. And it just, nothing happens. But no, pursue it, pursue it. You know, challenge yourself. But obviously do it with God. Hello and welcome to the Together podcast, a conversation about faith, justice and how to change the world. My name's Dan and I'm joined again by Chris and Emma. How are you doing guys? Yeah, doing good, thanks. Good. So today we're back with the second part of our interview with Bryn Frere-Smith, who founded Blue Bear Coffee Co, which donates 100% of its profits to anti-trafficking work. If you haven't heard part one yet, make sure you do go back and give it a listen. It's episode 10, look it up on your podcast app. And it was just a fascinating story of how Bryn had kind of skipped between different jobs, really diverse areas of work and settled in something that he felt was making a difference and that he was passionate about. But before we get to part two of that interview, we're discussing a big event that happened last week, Results Day. (laughs) (laughs) The suspense. Results Day is a funny one. I think it's just the most awkward day of the year. I feel like if you do well or if you do bad, you like you can't really say you can't celebrate you can't be too sad because your friend has done well or if you if you celebrate and you, your friend's done bad you feel bad for celebrating do you know what i mean yeah just an awkward true. awkward day yeah i also feel like i don't know if this is out of order but also like <laughs> once you get to that day you actually can't do anything like you've done the test already so there's kind of no point being nervous because your results are your results and you can't change them. If only it was that easy, though. No <laughs> point being nervous. Just <laughs> open the envelope. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I kind of went into it thinking, well, I've done it now. So whatever this is, I've just got to accept it. Mm. It's It almost feels like the biggest one, isn't it? Because yeah. the potential of it impacts the uni that you go to and the course that you do. Yeah. And so even though your uni results are big... I don't know, A-levels kind of seems a bit different. Yeah, I remember I did not care what I got as long as I got into uni. I was literally like, I was, re- I, was I woke up early, not but not by purpose. I just remember I just couldn't sleep. Woke up and I was just refreshing UCAS, waiting <laughs> to see. And I got in and I was literally like, from that po- point onwards, I was like, I do not care. So you saw that before I got. you got your yeah. Yeah, <laughs> And I walked in there happy. <laughs> I remember we had um, a sleepover so there was like five of our friends and we all stayed at our other, th- other friend's house and some of them were getting the thing where they could see if they got into their uni yet or not yeah, and yeah. I didn't because I was going to some random like horse university because <laughs> of my original life plan <laughs> so is that a university for horses or... <laughs> I was uh, my original life plan was to study equine management really? um, so I, I didn't know. really actually need many A-levels for that so <laughs> I knew I got in anyway and then um yeah I actually ended up changing my mind just before I went and I went traveling instead but you know that's a different <laughs> story for a different day but yeah I remember my friends were like refreshing and seeing if they'd got in or not well we're really pleased that you are sitting here and not on some <laughs> horse ride or <laughs> for a, a master's in hooves or something. It was actually going to be about horse nutrition. Was that it? was my original go. life plan, yeah. There you go. I, lo- I love that there's courses like that. We had uh, a course at the university I went to um, called Golf Management Studies, which, yeah, so everyone had Chris's response of like, 
what is golf management studies? <laughs> but some of those guys now are managing like the biggest golf courses wow. in the country because it's a mixture of business um, studies and sports science and yeah, golf yeah. and all that kind of thing. And so at the time we were laughing, going, what a Mickey Mouse course. But actually they've come out they're doing decent jobs Fair and it's way. probably similar with something like horse nutrition isn't it you think that's so yeah. niche that's so strange <laughs> but now sure grand national horses are being fed by people who did that degree could have been me could have been you <laughs> did anyone fail anything in their levels no actually no i didn't fail anything i remember my as i remember because i did so i did chemistry religious education slash philosophy maths and one more <laughs> biology there you go I remember I hated chemistry we didn't get along it was the worst subject I could have ever done in my life and I remember in the because we remember we had January exams then and I remember I got a D in it and I remember thinking if I scrape a grade that will be impressive and I remember in the in the summer exam I got a U and overall I got an E so I was actually really happy with that <laughs> you know what that's a letter on the board and then I dropped it for, for A2 because I was not doing that again <laughs> one of the boys on my road managed to convince his mum that D was for distinction <laughs> <laughs> oh my word I'd love to have been part of that conversation <laughs> yeah I think I don't know if she knows now <laughs> I just dropped him in <laughs> I think it's really interesting now in that if you, there's so much opportunity out there in the world that if you do fail at something, then there's always a backup. And there's mm. actually sometimes the backup, like you, Emma, the backup is something that you might enjoy more than what you were planning to do all along. I think it was it was slightly different, but I was um, hoping to go and do a master's after university. Um, and unfortunately, it didn't work out and I was a bit gutted about it. But then I found essentially the same kind of course, but a diploma level which isn't a master's level but by the time I'd done that and it was doing it kind of remotely a couple of evenings a week mm. by the time I'd done that I had all I needed for my CV to get my first job and so it's really strange you sometimes feel like you're set on this one way and one mm. path because you're really passionate about doing something but it does it is a cliche but there's there's almost nothing that can stop you long term because you do have other options whether yeah. that's a similar kind of path but just slightly different or God's got something completely different for you that you didn't even know or knew existed yeah no I, I feel the same like last week I put up an article um which was about how bad grades aren't at the end of the world and for me it was like a similar thing to you as well in that um I very much had that did my first choice uni and I remember my second choice uni it wasn't even the uni that I actually ever like thought about going to I had literally done like my four I had done five options and one of them, I'm sorry if you're from here, but one of them was Wolverhampton Uni and my mum was just like, nah, you're not going there. And I was like, it's not, I'm not even going to, it's not even my second choice. She's like, nah, get rid of it. And I was like, okay, whatever. And I just happened to put down UEA. Um, and then when I, I just literally looked at the website, I was like, oh shit, this looks all right. So I put it as my second choice. And then as the year progressed, I kind of felt God telling me that I was going there, aka also my grades. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I ended up there. And like I said in the article, like, it, it literally probably like completely shifted my my life path, career path, etc. And I think it's really, whatever stage you're at, whether it's A-level at uni or whatever, it's definitely like a big reminder just to say, I know in the moment it seems crazy. It seems like, oh my gosh, my plan, the plan that I had before me is crumbling before me. But actually it's not that deep. 
<laughs> yeah, I think it's good life lessons as well. Like there's curveballs mm-hmm. in all stages of life. So it's just learning how to deal with it. Yeah, for sure. And I love that the outcome is that we have people with unique skills depending on what they've done through qualifications mm. or work. And it's like Brim was saying last week, you don't have to go and do a degree in international development and economics to be able to help in that way. And there's also many different paths to get to the solution and the outcome that, that we want to get to. So that was probably my takeaway point from, from the first part of the interview. And this seems like a good point for us to leap into part two of Chris's conversation with Brim Fresmith. But how it came about, how it came to be called Blue Bear, and to be more specifically, you know, focused around this issue of human trafficking, yeah. was it came from a, a teddy bear fund I did um, not this Christmas past the Christmas before when I was out there, and then we went on a case that came in on the north of the island, so like a three and a half hour from where we were in Santo Domingo. Yeah, and a young girl um, had gone to school teacher and confessed uh, that at home she was being sexually assaulted and abused yeah uh, in fact that had gone on since she was a very young girl seven or eight years oh. old it started off with a family member abusing her and it passed to another family member and and more recently uh, her mother was involved in in profiting financially from that by actually selling her yeah. body uh, to members of the community and, 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 and taking drugs in exchange and money in exchange and the story was horrendous yeah, heartbreaking. yeah absolutely heartbreaking and she told the teacher the teacher told the police the police told us and we mobilized and we drove up there and we wanted to take on this case and we did and um, she was released from that situation so that was the good news but it was a, it was a horrible and it was a difficult job but um, we, you know she was released from that situation we, we took her out we took her out at school and she was safe we got her little brother and sister out and and the people that she accused of being responsible for abuse were arrested investigated and and are being prosecuted and and a lot of well, everything that she told us we, we validated in some yeah. way this was not just a girl that was angry at mum yeah, she was gonna yeah, make yeah. something up this was a girl that had spent her life resisting and um, bringing this into the light she'd yeah. only been forced into that situation because she'd seen that predatory male attention pass on to her seven-year-old sister yeah she's like i'm gonna live and see her go through what i've just gone through i've got to do something yeah Really remarkable girl, Definitely. phenomenally strong. And when she was taken away from this shack of a, you know, shack, corrugated iron and, and wicker housing sort of shack in the favela community uh, in this township, um, my colleague, the aftercare specialist, asked her, is there anything you want from home that we can get for you? Because you're not coming back here again. And she said, I think I want my blue bear. And this is a teenage girl. And uh, uh, the only thing she had of any of any value was to, was a teddy bear. Yeah. And it was a dirty, smelly, rough tea. You know, it wasn't yeah. a nice toy. That you know, okay, well that's a pretty cool bear. I can understand yeah. that it was something that you would, you know, you'd take it to a charity shop and they'd bin it. Yeah. Um, and it was just one of those moments at the end of six months of hard work. Um, you know, it's a halfway point just before Christmas. Yeah. And I thought, flipping heck, I've got to respond to that somehow because it just left me absolutely broken. Yeah. I don't know what to do, but at least what we could do in a very obvious response to that was, well, let's make sure that the next kid gets a nice teddy bear. Yeah. That ain't going to fix the world's problems. Yeah. I know that. I, I don't need convincing that, that, you know, it's a material, um, you know, token response. Yeah. But it's a response. 
So I wrote to some friends and because of the nature of the work, I couldn't be on social media. There was none of that. So it was just a small group of supporters and, and wrote to them and said, can we raise some money? And um, we all go out. I'll go out with the aftercare team and we'll buy a load of nice, new, high quality, white, fluffy teddy bears. Yeah. So the next kid that we pull out of a horrible situation like that doesn't get driven to uh, an aftercare home with a dirty rag on their lap that's going to remind them and transport them back to a life of suffering, they're going to get something that's new. And yeah. it, it, it's emblematic of a new start and from a place of love. Yeah. That was the plan. We raised like two grand. Wow. So 500 quid has equipped them for teddy bears for a while. Yeah, yeah. In fact, a few months ago, five of them were given out on a rescue in Santo Domingo. Oh. Um, but then we had 1,500 pounds that we could engage with more uh, of the complex life needs of the, the children that ended up in the aftercare department. Yeah. Uh, care. So the the educational needs, you know, educational materials, the life needs. There were there were girls that had infectious diseases that had never had it tr- tested, let alone treated, because they yeah. just had a, there was a financial barrier. I can't yeah. afford the test, let alone the treatment. So we could engage with that. We even contributed, sadly, to the funeral costs of two children that right. we were connected to. Um, that, that, that their families didn't have anything to, to celebrate and acknowledge their life with. So we could say, well, let's contribute to that. And listen, that's a slush fund. And, and I do believe there are more, you know, efficient ways of using money to sort these issues. I know that. But but it was the very best part of that experience. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I didn't get to do the huggy stuff. But for a third party... Yeah. Having been being that conduit uh, of connecting connecting money um, and and people from England and the US with actually we can directly help. I'm going to go and and, and, and yeah. give this to these people and we can do something about this now. That was enormously rewarding yeah. and 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 that's what I thought. Well, let's take that experience and let's build a company around that. Let's yeah. rather than just ask people for money, let's not try and be another IJM. Let's not try and be another unseen. They're doing it amazingly. Yeah. These people are far more educated. Than than me that they're, they're far more equipped they have the skills god has put them in the right place i don't need to replicate that yeah but i can support it yeah let's support it let's just get behind them let's do it financially let's try and direct people's attention towards them let's share their stories yeah. let's increase their platform let's just be cheerleaders for what they're doing and that's what we're trying to do with blueberry yeah amazing like i think it's interesting for someone who like yourself who's been right in the heart of it and seen like the actual like full picture of what it means to take someone out of human trafficking, uh, still like these small things, mm. the teddy bear mm. is like so important. And still like from a, in terms of getting people's engagement, a small thing of like coffee. Yeah. <laughs> like why, how did you land on coffee? I know you said like you, you yeah. like, you like coffee, you enjoy it. Yeah. Or was there something like specific around, I don't know about the ability to engage people through that. Yeah, absolutely. I think coffee, I mean, it is a vehicle. It's a vehicle for us to do what I've just described, but I think it's the perfect uh, product in the f- respect to it's accessible. Yeah. You know, okay, we, we only sell specialty grade Arabica, so it's sort of top end um, sort of top end coffee. It's we want as well. Chris doesn't drink coffee. Though. He introduced himself as a non coffee <laughs> drinker, and I managed to give him a cup today. And he's, his best part finished it, <laughs> so that's good. Um, but we wanted to just get good coffee. A number of reasons for that, it, but one of them being, well, let's find out who we're buying it from. Yeah, let's try. You know, let's try and get as close to the the the, the family, the individuals, the farmers that yeah. have produced that that coffee, um, so that. 
and every site, I mean, I'm an idealist, 100%, um, but I wanted to create something that every element of it was in blessing or endorsing or supporting someone. Yeah. So we buy coffee that supports the, the family and the community that's produced that product. We make sure that they're not being exploited, they're getting a good rate yeah. of pay and the conditions that they, they farm in are, are, are monitored and, and ethical. Yeah. Then we sell it and we use all the profit towards something good as well. And I think most people, if not, all people to some extent could buy a bag of coffee and get engaged if not a keep cup if not like you know some apparel yeah. or, or merchandise and i just wanted to produce something that was yeah it was accessible yeah and 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 it can be you know we can engage a, a great bit it would be a victory for me for someone to have a bag of blueberry coffee and know nothing about the cause yeah right that did that actually so oh, i really like the coffee that would be a victory yeah because suddenly well actually whether you even knew it whether you're even conscious of this but you're actually contributing to yeah. this issue and that's the aim for us is to to, to grow to a point that we, we, we are selling to a point that people are engaging it whether they know so or not it's yeah. not just the people who have a heart for this issue that's seeking us out that are looking to reward us with their business it's people that have recognised it as a really good yeah. product well that's, that's the amazing thing right because normalising good business good ethics in business is such a job because like you said if someone has blue bear coffee and they have no clue about it yeah. it's still working well still like everything's going yes. right but in the same sense, and not to pick on like any brands or anything, you pick a coffee company that is not ethical, that doesn't treat their doesn't treat their workers right, doesn't pay their their workers right. Similarly, someone can pick up that coffee and be like, "Oh, this is a nice cup," mm. but they don't understand the implications of of their actions yeah. in helping to fund an unethical, unjust yeah. sort of coffee coffee system. So it's interesting the way that we are all intrinsically linked, like yeah. around the world and. I see with what you're doing with Blue Bear Coffee, you've very much taken that into account. I, I hope so, and I think you're right. And I think we are making a lot of progress on this issue, actually. Companies, there's a, there's a huge proliferation of um, specialty coffee companies now. Yeah. It's not just the big five or whatever yeah. that you can obviously think of when you think of coffee. Th th things are growing, the market's changing. And the terms like single origin, you know, direct trade, these are terms that only a few years ago people, well, what's that mean? Yeah. Uh, well, it means it's it's come from one farm as opposed to, you know, a storehouse that sells a type of coffee yeah. by, the, by the container. Um, we can, you know, the traceability of it is improved. And more and more companies are spending a lot of time and money in going and doing you know yeah. sourcing trips and visits to the farm and learning developing relationships and and that's that's only really a good thing yeah um so i think we've come a long way with that and i think coffee is is a, is a great it's shown that it's got a staying power yeah you know it's been around for a while now and and it will be around for a while to come so i think it's a, it's a good place for for what we're trying to do to exist yeah how easy was it for you like being able to have that traceability because even like throwing out the term ethical there's loads of different labels now, right? You've got a fair trade, you've got yeah. rainforest, lunch, yes. you got, there's all these different labels and sometimes it can be quite confusing to the outside of being like, okay, what means what? Yeah. How do I know what is the quote unquote best thing to buy, the best thing to support? Yeah. From your from your side as someone who's started this and actually like start trying to pioneer something, yeah. how easy was it for you like figuring out what is the best ethical way to do this? Yeah, oh yeah, I completely share that 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 frustration. It can be quite opaque and I'm also tr I want to be conscious not to to make it simplistic and 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 throw some blame and around and 
the fair trade thing is is one of those that, that doesn't necessarily have a very good rap. People are starting to learn actually fair trade is is index linked in many yeah. in many degrees. It's index linked to the sea market, the coffee market. Yeah. The coffee market at the moment is at one of the lowest rates of all time. In many cases, you've got farmers selling coffee for under the rate it took them to produce that coffee. And yeah. it's exactly in those circumstances that slavery exists. If I'm going to make okay. a loss, then I can't afford to pay my workers. So I certainly can't continue paying what I do pay them, yeah. but I need to produce the product. So how do I get away? Well, I just don't pay them anymore. And how do I control them from yeah. walking off? You enslave them. And, and so these are the situations that actually incubate situations of slavery. And well, how does that relate to fair trade? Listen, fair trade's great, but it is linked. Yeah, uh, It is linked. There is a fair trade market rate that is linked to the coffee market rate and if the coffee market's through the floor when the fair trade market is low as well what there are different ways of doing it you have what's called relationship trade direct trade these new terminologies and uh and means of doing it and i wouldn't say one is particularly better than the other and each have their benefits you know that the huge coffee companies do have good things they have great initiatives and they do you know they have they're not the devil yeah um but but what we wanted to do at least strive for let's strive for excellence yeah let's strive for something that is transparent as possible i don't want to be anyone to be able to point at us and have low-hanging fruit and go well this is easy i can take them down straight away yeah let's at least strive to to do something that's truly ethical yeah Uh, whatever whatever connotations come with that word um so we we've been very blessed we've been very fortunate there's a, a friend of mine who's called josh clark he is the head of coffee at clifton coffee roasters in bristol they've got 20 years of experience of doing this i've got yeah. six months right <laughs> so why should i buy a roaster machine and just produce terrible coffee for several yeah. years why don't i go to to a company that are actually really good at this yeah and they invest a lot of their time and a lot of their money and a lot of their resources in exactly that in finding uh, communities that they can support by buying from them yeah, yeah. Um, and there's another a, a guy called phil schluter he, he works for a company called olam speciality coffee and that's you know he's a christian he considers his ministry all his family were missionaries and because yeah. his ministry he thinks is developing coffee communities that's amazing so he goes to the community and he wants to help them to see well actually if you pick this berry leave it a little longer make sure it's juicy and red we'll pay you more for that yeah rather than well let's get all these green berries and the weight of it no let's go for quality and i'll actually give you a higher rate of pay and so it it, it teaches these communities in some way to to develop higher quality coffee get paid more have premiums attached to it and there's loads of good stuff being done where, where, where schools are being built and communities are being supported through the coffee industry so i'm learning I'm learning. I, you know, I've got a lot of learning to do too, yeah. and I want to make sure that we are doing the right thing. Yeah. And if I become aware that there are more ethical ways of doing it, then we will. Um, but but that's how we're sort of leveraged at the moment. Yeah, it's amazing. I've kind of just had my like my my novice coffee brain like exploded. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. it's, it's amazing, and it's it's good to have. I think it's really interesting to have that much detail just to hear that because actually. Like I said, from an external like consumer point of view, I don't think about this stuff yeah. <laughs> to this degree. Yeah. But it's incredible to like say to anyone listening, whatever like you 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 specialize in, whatever your interest is in, that can be your ministry. And mm. I think that's really like a really, really cool thing just to keep in mind. So like stepping back from the specifics of coffee, in terms of being an entrepreneur, in terms of starting something up. How, how do you go about that? What, what are the pitfalls that? <laughs> yeah. What are some of the learnings that you've had? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, world's least successful security company. <laughs> tick. It, it, it's trial and error, isn't it? It's yeah. it's try, try again. Um, 
I certainly wouldn't consider myself. I wouldn't, you know, that that term entrepreneur. I don't, I don't self-identify as an entrepreneur. Yeah. But the, technically, then, yeah, this is this is an example of exactly <laughs> that. Um, but it is, it, you, you learn, you learn as you go go along. And I knew that coming into this, I have had a lot of experience, um, one way or another, that that is informing the decisions not to go out and try and raise two hundred thousand pounds and stick ourselves in a load of debt. Actually, we, we're yeah. we're operating off a seven thousand pound crowdfunding yeah. drive that's it yeah. and we have a company that's awesome yeah you know and um th- th- that's come through experience because i've seen what it's like to build a big expensive company and not have any work yeah well let's try and do that let's try and do that more organically let's let's grow as as you know as the demand for our product grows and all of these things are experiences and i'm still very much learning i'm looking to peers and other people to guide me and and um, you know, it's a learning one. It's yeah. a learning one, but it's really exciting and 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 rewarding when when there is traction, there is success. And, yeah. Um, but I'm no expert. I'm no, you know, I'm not the kid that was selling. <laughs> Go into the pick and mix store, yeah, buying yeah. in bulk and dividing it up and selling it at profit at school. That was never me. Yeah, um, so you're the one buying it for like two, yeah, two yeah. pounds. I'm the one getting ripped off. asking yeah. for it. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Yeah, interesting. Okay, that's that's really cool. I think we've had like in the We Are Tier Fund community, we've spoken to a few people doing like kind of their own sort of thing. So we've spoken to people who started their own bamboo toothbrush. Uh, I heard that one. Yeah, yeah that's so cool. they're they're really interesting company. Yeah. Spoken to people like uh, Charlotte Innerstein who runs Know the Origin, talking yes. about actually ethical clothing. Yeah. Um, so it is, I think it was great to hear, again, just from someone within that sort of vein, quote-unquote entrepreneur <laughs> or not, yeah. just a bit about actually what that experience is like. And we yeah. were talking before we started recording, yeah. and you were just talking a bit about like the work-life balance part of it, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. or lack of well, balance. Yeah. <laughs> balance. Yeah. How do you deal with that? How do you... And if you if if you feel like you're not dealing with it, yeah. what do you feel like God is saying to you now in terms of actually what your life should be looking yeah. like? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chris, I ensure that I pause and pray and meditate every day for <laughs> three and a half hours in the towel. No, it's it's definitely something I struggle with. So I'm still I'm like having come back from the Dominican Republic, I'm back in the world of close protection. Yeah. Um. So so that's a busy you know uh, full on industry to work in yeah and that takes consumes a huge amount of my time but it also affords me opportunity to do blue bear yeah um so god has provided that situation for me um, and that's how i kind of divide my time as best i possibly can between paid work and and, and running blue bear which is you know done done through through passion as opposed yeah. to um it's not my employer uh, how do I balance it? I think I think I am learning once again in the same way I'm learning entrepreneurship skills. I'm learning from this position. You know, I don't want to do this all in my strength. And and I think that often the words God's telling me recently has been like not by might, not by will, but by my spirit. Yeah. And, and um, God can do this using anyone. Yeah. You know, he and he can he can find that money that we want to raise he can he can do anything he doesn't need me um to do it he doesn't need me to do it but he loves that i'm having a go yeah and he loves to engage and um 
I just want to make sure I don't miss out along the way. Yeah. You know, I don't want to get blinkered and so busy and self-concerned that I'm missing out and not actually allowing God into this. Yeah. And that's a challenge. So it takes time to pause and say, okay, right, where's God in this? And in fact, I have a, a, a personal coach. Um, she's uh, uh, amazing. And she was my supervisor when I was in the Dominican Republic. Okay. So she's uh, like a special agent for the um, American Air Force and now heads up a team of investigators in Hawaii investigating child's online sex abuse. Mega, mega woman. She also has a um, a personal Christian um, coaching business on the side. Yeah. Uh, So I was speaking to her just last night, actually, and she was asking for qualitative um, markers of success. Yeah. So I have a very sort of monochrome, linear, (laughs) binary, this needs to make money yeah, yeah and i want to get that money in the right hands and she said yeah that's great but what 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 you know god doesn't really need money yeah you know, he can make it appear somewhere overnight you can bust your backside to sell as much coffee. and then someone some major donor could come along write a check and it would have been like you know cover twice what you've made yeah. in, you know god can do that so what are the qualitative ways of of using this business to yeah. you know to to bless this cause and, and that's something i'm exploring i would love people to find out about Unseen, IJM, um, you know, Justice and Care, Ella's Home, A21, Stop the Traffic, all of these amazing organisations yeah. that operate now have a history of being an effective organisation in the space through Blue Bear. Yeah. You know, that if we could be a conduit for, for, for relationship or finance or, or you know, internships yeah. or whatever, if, if they hear about it through us, what a great role we've had. Okay, we might not be able to um, sort of uh, m- sort of mark that and quantify that yeah. effect as easily as, as you know, noughts and, and crosses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not noughts and you know, decimally. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've got to explore that more. Actually, yeah. you know, what are we doing in this whole process? How are we edifying um, ourselves as Christians? Where's God? How's God being glorified through this process? Yeah. You know, and... and um, I think that's that's key as well. It yeah. is just about the money, is it? It is about all the other things we can do along the way. And yeah, I'm still learning about that. Awesome, it's amazing. I love what I love hearing about your story is just how how connected it is with just other people. Mm. Like I think every step of every step of your story just sounds like oh, this person who I know mm. they said this or they came in in this way. So I see this really kind of like. You, I don't know if you intentionally do it, but there's very much this collaborative approach that you have yeah. with Blue Bear. And is that something that you think is important to like making these steps towards like a more just world? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm a massive fan of some of the people you know that I've got to come across since I decided to volunteer for a year. Yeah, and and it introduced me to all these amazing people, and I thought, oh wow. The part of that experience with the Teddy Bear Fund was was me building a bridge between the investigation team, not that they needed it, but I needed it, yeah. um, and the aftercare team. And it was, you know, everyone is working hard, whether you're a lawyer in this particular, you know, field yeah. office or in that space, um, you know, whether you're a lawyer, whether you are working in government to try and change the way policy and is is dealt with in respect to this legislation, and yeah. whether you're an aftercare worker, but what or an investigator, right? And we all love the glory of being that on the sharp end of the sword, yeah, right. But um, I saw the effort, the long work that went. We, we can take someone out of a situation and rescue them. Great, glorious, glamorous, great. Yeah. The, then you've got two years plus or a lifetime of undoing the mess it's yeah. like 
you know, taking a bit of string and tying it in a thousand knots, you know, and then giving it to someone and saying, can you untie me, please? Yeah. And, uh, I saw them do that and I just wanted to say, you know, you're awesome. What yeah. you're doing is awesome. Yeah. How can I bless what you're doing? How can I support you guys and let you know how great you are? And um, and and that's what I want Blue Bear to do. It is to go to these organisations and these individuals that have committed their lives to this and say, you're awesome. Yeah. What you're doing is amazing. How can we support you? And if that means bringing you more followers yeah. or bringing you more support through, I don't know, sponsorship or whatever, then we would love to be involved in that. But it... There is no one organization that's doing it any better than the other. Yeah. They're doing it in different ways. And, and and we can do that sometimes, you know. It's like robbing Peter to pay Paul, you know. It's, yeah. it, and I get it because I, I can understand that. But we're neutral. You yeah. know, we are neutral in this. And that's absolutely intentional. Yeah. I don't want to steal from anybody. You know, if we don't raise the money, okay. But if it means they get it another way, great. Yeah, um, yeah I think it is It is about collaboration. It's not about ego. It's not about you know, having a really strong identity. If it means we can pass you on to someone else, great. And yeah. I think if we can be a part of that, of bringing organizations working in this space together, brilliant. Yeah, awesome. So for someone listening, maybe they're a bit like you when you were younger, heard someone talk about justice, maybe they listened mm-hmm. to the podcast, maybe this is one of the first times they've really thought about what they can do in the world, what their role is. What one piece of advice would you give to that person? What, what would you tell them in terms of saying, if you have, if you feel like you have something in your heart, something you're passionate about, what, what are the next steps for them? Mm. Well, I would say pursue it. You know, I think if there's if it's there, it's there for a reason, and and pray into it, and say, Lord, if this is still if this is still you, you know, if this is something you've given me specifically, then keep it there. You yeah. know, remove the distractions, open up opportunities for me to walk into this. Yeah, and and then start to look, start to look, start to push doors, start to contact whatever organizations, yeah. churches, whatever you're passionate about, and say, Hey, can I? Can I learn more? Can I get involved somehow? And just pursue it. Look into it. Push it. Don't ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. 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 Don't treat it. You know, in a disposable way, in, in a momentary way. Pursue it. You get great. You get a lot back from doing this sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it brings you an enormous amount of pleasure when you operate in an area that God's put on your heart. Yeah. And and but amazingly, it can be pasted over with just the everyday day to day life. Yeah. You know. The, so so if you if it's unearthed, even if for a moment, even if you're you know at a conference, <laughs> so we all do that, right? We come yeah. out of a conference, we're like, right, I'm going to do this. <laughs> this you know, two days later, what was that again? What was I passionate about? You read back on a spiritual journey, or maybe you've like watched you know like a movie or two yeah. of slavery. You're like, I'm going to do something, and it just nothing happens. But no, pursue it, pursue it. You know, challenge yourself, but obviously see do it with god don't yeah. leave him out of it and say come on what are we going to do here yeah pray that god offers an opportunity for you um yeah step into it great advice last but not least what is next for blue bear coffee yeah we're gonna go into chocolate no <laughs> this coffee thing ain't working for us no so so yeah it, this has been amazing we only went live on the 31st of january and 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 sales are good um we're growing i want to see it grow more i want to see us um collaborate like you said with with more organizations uh, i want to be able to be in a position to bring them something yeah uh, i want to, us to work with more churches more offices more hotels more airlines 
and start to, to find ways of bringing people together um, and, and see the business grow and develop. I, I, I honestly can't tell you exactly what this will look like in a year's time. Yeah. We might operate with 15, 10, 15 uh, coffee shops or you know, wholesale customers and a half a dozen online yeah. you know, orders a day. Or it might turn into something totally different. I don't know. And I want to leave it like that. I yeah. want to, I don't want to get so strategic that I've got, you know, I've left God out of this. Yeah. I want to try and leave my hands open and go, okay, where now, God, where now? But at the moment we're just stepping forward. So we've got a, co- we've got a company, we've got a website, we've got a product and that's great. Yeah. What's next? So let's try and grow this a little bit. So what's what we'll be looking to do for the rest of this financial year is just scale upwards, um, you know, slowly, organically, but yeah. Yeah, let's try and, let's try and have big aspirations for it. And I, and I do. Yeah, amazing. Well, I'll be praying for you guys. I hope it, I'll take it. I hope it just, yeah, explains because I'm, I'm loving what you're doing. I love the story behind it. Thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks for your time. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Yeah, what, what's the website? Where can we find you? Yes, it is uh, bluebearcoffee.com. So that's the website. And if you're on Instagram, uh, yeah, bluebearcoffee.com. So, Chris, you were obviously talking to Bryn for both parts of that interview and conversation. Can you give us your takeaway from part two? Yeah, it was really cool catching up with him because, like he said in the first one, we actually know each other from around uni days. And it was one of those things where I think social media is those things where it's like you think you know everything that's happening in someone's life. You see the picture, you see the update every week or something, do you know what I mean? But actually, when we sat down and talked, I was like, you have done a lot of stuff that I had no clue about. Um, but what's really interesting is that even when we were talking about uh, exam results earlier, is that all these random things that he's done along the path has kind of created this perfect storm in a way for him to be able to do what he does now. Um, even down to like the acting, which is something that I'm sure he thought he would never even use. Uh, so it's really interesting and I think uh, just talking to him, I was really inspired just to kind of like be like, whatever stage I'm at, whatever I'm doing, use all the gifts, all the experience that you've had, and no matter how random it may seem, but use all of that to kind of continue to live out the passion that God's given you. Yeah, that's great. And that's all we've got time for for this episode. Thank you everyone for listening. We're back on the 2nd of September with another great interview, this time with Johnny Meller, who heads up a Christian art collective called Sputnik. So we'll be discussing if and how Christians can use art to change and challenge the status quo. If you like what you heard today, make sure you hit subscribe and tell your friends about the Together podcast.